Welcome to the 158th episode of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host today, Patrick Winograd. In this edition, we have one topic. It is going to be picking the NL and AL All-Star starters. This will be probably a quicker than normal podcast episode, but, you know, just want to get out my opinions on who should be in the All-Star game uh, for starters. And, you know, when you add in honorable mentions that I might have, you might make a full roster anyway. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to get right into it and talk about the American League first. But, yeah, I'll be going through every single position, giving some stats and my arguments for why some of these guys, and maybe for some of them you don't need much argument. But let's start with the catcher in the American League. I am going with Alejandro Kirk. I think this is a pretty obvious pick. Um, He has a 318 average. He has 10 home runs, 32 RBI, a 922 OPS, and a 3.2 war, which is wins above replacement. And the next highest for a catcher in the AAL is two for war. So, uh, and that is an all-encompassing stat that includes defense too, which... I don't know the best stat to uh, use for that to explain that really easily. So uh, war kind of factors in the hitting and the and the defense there. So uh, I think this is a pretty clear one right there. I think uh, Alejandro Kirk has just been lighting it up this year. And uh, I think he will get the start at catcher. And I think it's very, very well deserved. At first base, we have a little bit more of an interesting conversation. Um, Vlad Guerrero and Ty France were really in a very, very, very close race for a while. But Ty France recently got injured. It's kind of, you know, messing with his case a little bit. But uh, we'll go into the stats to discuss who I actually have. Vlad has an 839 OPS and 18 home runs with 49 RBI. Ty France has a 316 average and 867 OPS, 10 home runs, 45 RBI. I think just because of the injury, I'm going to go with Vlad Guerrero Jr. here. Um, I originally had Vlad here, and I've been voting Vlad when I've been doing my own little personal ballot for this. But um, when that when the injury came, actually the numbers were much more comparable for both of them. Actually, Vlad has kind of had a, I guess you can call it an OPS slump, I guess is the best way to word it. Those numbers were closer to Ty France, and Ty France's numbers as they've frozen, the gap has gotten bigger between him and, Vla- and, him and Vlad. But Vlad still being healthy and also... Eight extra home runs, four extra RBI. For me, I think it's just enough just because of the fact that he has been healthier this year. I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to Vlad at first base. Now let's move on to second base. Uh, It has to go to Andres Jimenez for me. A 308 average, nine home runs, 37 RBI, 3.4 war, including 1.3 defensive war, which is the best among second basemen in the AL. Uh, The next closest war at the position is 2.6. I believe that's Glaber Torres. So, you know, despite Glaber being on a, uh, a winning team and maybe having more home runs, um, I still think it's got to go to Jimenez here. I think just you look at the overall stats, and also it's not like the Guardians have been a bad team. They are an above 500 team. They're close in their division, and I think because of that, obviously Jose Ramirez is going to be in this game too, and I'll get to that position in a second. But he, he they, they deserve maybe to get one or two All-Stars, maybe even three, and I think that um, Jimenez should be one of them. I think especially when you consider, you know, second base is not necessarily the strongest position when it comes to hitters. Um, so it, it's unusual to have a guy as good as him, honestly, for uh, in terms of hitting stats this early in the year. So uh, it goes to Jimenez, in my opinion. And now let's move on to third base. This position is the hardest to pick in both the AL and the NL. And I think 
this specific one in the AL is the hardest race of any position in either league. It really is a toss-up. These guys were actually one and two in my MVP power rankings last, last weekend. So to me, it's very, very, very clear that uh, this is the toughest position to judge easily. And no pun intended with, you know, Aaron Judge, who was obviously an MVP candidate himself. But Jose Ramirez and Rafael Devers is the argument. And uh, I'm going to lay out the stats and give my opinion. Um, Jose Ramirez, 296 average, 16 home runs, 63 RBI, 25 doubles, 12 stolen bases, 3.5 war. I included doubles because that is what Rafael Devers has pretty much led the whole year at this point um, in the majors. Devers, a 326 average, 17 home runs, 45 RBI, 26 doubles, only two stolen bases, a 3.8 war. So overall, when you look at it, I mean, first of all, let me just say, both of these two are just two hell... I mean, they're they're crazy good players. You won't find better players than these, with the exception of Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt, I think, and that's really all you can name, at least this season. They are having the best seasons, um, along with some of those guys. And look, Jose Ramirez has him by 18 RBIs. Rafael Devers has him by one home run and one double. And Jose adds in that extra speed to me. And obviously, Rafael has a big advantage in terms of the average. But, you know, average is a little bit of a dated stat. And something that's also pretty important is that Jose Ramirez has been one of the leaders um, in terms of, you know, fewest strikeouts in the league pretty much the entire season. Him and his teammate, Stephen Kwan, have been really crushing those leaderboards. So that combined with all the other stats, I'm going to give the very, very, very slight edge to Jose Ramirez, just because the two things that Rafael Devers has been uh, really hanging his hat on, really, that is extra base hits in total, um, and especially with home runs and doubles, he's only one back of him. He has 18 extra RBI. He is really just carrying his team. I mean, other than Manny Machado, who we'll talk about later, I don't think there's another player carrying his team as well as Jose Ramirez is. Devers has a lot of guys in his lineup who can perform, including a, a guy we're about to talk about in a second. Pretty good pitching staff, too, and they've gotten hot recently as a team. Um, obviously, and not even just with that. You got J.D. Martinez at DH, too. They have so much. And, and even Trevor Story at second base, who hasn't had a great year yet, but still is a great hitter for a second baseman, and th this year at least, um, and over his career, one of the best hitters in the league. Um, but, look, I just don't believe that war necessarily needs to be the only stat. It's a good stat. But especially early in the year when, you know, some there were still uh, sample size issues. You know, luck can play a lot into war. Now that you're getting later into the season, you can start to use it a lot more. Um, but I think a 0 .3, di a .3 war difference is really minimal at this point in the year. And uh, look, Jose Ramirez has more extra base hits than Rafael Devers. That is his claim to fame. And Jose Ramirez has just been cleaning everything up for the Guardians, really leading the team to where they are right now. Devers... Definitely playing a big part in Boston's uh, success, but, you know, as I said, hitters up and down that lineup, and the pitching has gotten way better recently, so I do believe I'm giving the slight edge to Jose Ramirez, but honestly, if Devers hits two, three home runs in a game, literally tomorrow, this might change. It really is that close of a race. It really just, day-to-day, -day, in my opinion, could flip on it. If you show me blind comparisons, I would be, I'd have a lot of trouble uh, giving these guys, figuring out who would get the edge, and uh, maybe I'll have to do that for my next MVP rankings. Uh, but then, at shortstop, 
I have Xander Bogarts, a 325 average, six home runs, 31 RBI, 861 OPS, 3.1 war. Uh, something to note here, Jeremy Pena for the Astros has more war than Bogarts, which is surprising since he hasn't played nearly as many games, I think 15 or 16 less. Um, but I'm still giving Bogarts the edge. Just like I said, war is uh, war involves many things. It's all encompassing, but also not the end-all be-all stat. Um, and Pena, really where he goes ahead of Bogarts and war is his defensive war of 1.3. That is a really, really strong number. And that's the reason currently why why he's ahead of Bogart. So I don't really believe that just because of defensive war, um, Pena should be ahead of Bogarts. And by the way, he's had a great season hitting too. But I like Bogarts' numbers overall. Also, I think it's more likely when you think about all-star players, uh, especially having a fan vote in it. You know, there aren't many, uh, well, let's just say outside of Astros fans, there aren't many people who are going to vote for Astros to be in the game. <laughs> um, but... I got to give it to Bogarts for now, but let's move on to the outfield. Uh, actually, Aaron Judge is automatically in the All-Star game. The ending of Phase 1 voting was yesterday, and the top vote-getter in each league got an automatic pass in. I will be detailing these guys' stats, but there is no argument anyway because, well, they're in automatically. Uh, Aaron Judge, 286 average, 29 home runs, 59 RBI, 988 OPS, leading candidate for MVP, you could argue, right now. So uh, he's a very obviously in, um, not just due to the fact that literally he's automatically in, but uh, I think just by stats also, it's I think you have to give him the edge. Then we have Mike Trout. I mean, how could you have an all-star game without Mike Trout? A 285 average, 23 home runs, 47 RBI, a 1.037 OPS, and 4.2 war, the highest in the AL. If, his, if the Angels were maybe not even in first, but just close to the Astros in second in their division, you could make the argument he could be MVP right now with, it, with the higher OPS, with the higher war, one of the best defensive set, center fielders in the league, if not the best. Uh, so he's obviously making that argument. We know that Mike Trout is on pace to become maybe the greatest player of all time in baseball history. So, uh, you know, he's always got to be in the All-Star game, and he's always going to be in the MVP conversation. Uh, but let's move on from that. The third spot was hard. I was debating between Giancarlo Stanton, Taylor Ward, and Kyle Tucker. Uh, Kyle Tucker has a 254 average, 15 home runs, 51 RBI, 14 stolen bases as well, which is fifth in the AL, uh, an 841 OPS and 3.8 war behind only Trout for outfielders, and that's fueled by 1.2 defensive war for him. Just because of the defense, I slid him ahead of Stanton. Stanton might have better OPS numbers, all that stuff, but he doesn't have the stolen bases. Tucker's still somewhere in the same ballpark when it comes to home run and RBI, home runs and RBI and overall run production. So I think it's fair to give him the edge, uh, especially because of that stole, those stolen bases and that defensive value that he has that Stanton not necessarily is uh, providing, obviously, DHing a lot for the Yankees. Although I don't, they didn't list him as a DH on purpose. And uh, he has definitely played some outfield. I've seen him play some outfield, but it's not necessarily, uh, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a negative defender, but he's definitely not a. Uh, you know, a guy who you're who you're thinking of in the Mookie Bats, Cody Bellinger, Mike Trout kind of a conversation. He's not quite on that level at all. Uh, he's he's just average on defense, which is fine. But uh, he's a great hitter to cover that up. And then Taylor Ward, who I think would be an all-star if he didn't go down for a few weeks with an injury. His rate stats are great, like his OPS, uh, all that kind of stuff. But the problem is just that when you look at counting stats, his, his RBI numbers are low, his home run numbers are low. And when you consider... 
the guys that we have in the outfield in the AL. It's really hard to slide in here. And that's also the problem with Adelise Garcia, uh, who has had a great start to the year, too. I think he actually was the rookie of the year last year in the AL, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he was second. Oh, yeah, he was second to uh, um, Rosarena. But uh, he, he's, he was up there in that conversation. And look, his numbers, very, very similar to Tucker and to Stanton. But, you know, just not being quite as productive and not having the bo- the bonus of having a really great team that he's on either. Because the Rangers, you know, I've said it, they're, they're barely below 500. They're doing better than maybe people would expect they're doing. But, you know, not good, not as good as the Astros. Not even, well, they are better than the Angels, actually, somehow. But not as good as the Astros, not as good as the Yankees. So definitely he's got to stay behind those guys. And then at DH, we have currently the guy having the best hitting season in the league, Jordan Alvarez, a 316 average, 23 home runs, 56 RBI, 1.070 OPS, best out of any MLB player, 3.7 war despite barely playing in the field. Uh, I don't have words. He's just an amazing, amazing hitter, and uh, it's something to witness when you're watching this guy play. You just, you can tell the teams feel, I mean, especially the home teams, they feel his presence. Uh, they're ready for him to for him to break the game open all the time, and uh, you have to hold your breath when you're pitching to him. So uh, he's one of those guys that really, and, and he's also physically very, very, uh, very menacing because he's tall, and you know that he can hit the ball a mile because he's second in the in the MLB in home runs only to Aaron Judge. So you know he can hit the ball a mile. He will hit it a mile, and uh, yeah, he's just a great player. And honestly. I think I read something recently that 29 of his 69 games or something in that uh, range are in the outfield. So at this point, he's not even, he's actually putting together an MVP case if he can play average or barely above average defense and add to his war numbers a little bit and even, maybe not even have to qualify as a DH, but as an outfielder. uh, So that's an interesting conversation. And then I don't know where to really put him, but uh, I don't think Shohei Otani can get the starting spot for DH over um, Jordan Alvarez. And obviously, J.D. Martinez is having a great season too, but he can't be here either. But Otani, when you combine the pitching stats and the hitting stats, I don't think he's all-star level if you isolate both of them. Like, if you just gave me a 266 average, 18 home runs, 50 RBI, and 864 OPS for a DH, I don't say that guy's an all-star. And when you give me 2.68 ERAs, uh, sorry, a 2.68 ERA with kind of low innings numbers and 12.3 strikeouts per nine innings. I can say, yeah, he's in the conversation, but depending on who you ask, he might not be an all-star as a pitcher. But this is the same person. That's the difference with Shohei Otani. This is not two separate people. This is one guy putting up those numbers. You add 2.3 pitching war, 1.6 war as a batter, 3.9 total. That is higher than your Don Alvarez. It's almost as high as Mike Trout. It's it's amazing. He he's amazing. I don't know if he'll start. I don't know if he'll play DH. I don't know if they'll let him pitch again. I mean, he already got his moment to pitch as the starter last year, so I doubt that happened again. I I bet they'd give it to somebody who's having a really special year this year. Uh, but I can move on to that in a second. But Otani's going to be on this roster. I'm just slotting him in as the let's say backup DH and maybe play some outfield too. We don't know. But uh, he definitely will be on this roster. No, no, uh, no shade towards him whatsoever. Just. I feel like it's better to maybe leave him on the bench because, first of all, there's no, like, real bench in the in the All-Star game. Everybody plays. Everybody gets into the game at some point. Or if they're a pitcher, maybe they say, I don't need to pitch, but uh, you're welcome to throw me in there for an inning if you want. Uh, but just because of that, I'm just going to say that I, I, I'm, I'm okay with him 
not being a starter because uh, I think he hasn't been the best pitcher and he hasn't been the best DH this year. I think last year he was the best hitter, so uh, by far he had to start. But um, Jordan Alvarez just has out-hit everybody this season. So unfortunately for Shohei, maybe he might not start this year. Uh, but if he does, I don't care. I mean, he deserves it. He's one of the best players in the league. He's just kind of getting a little, uh, getting the, a bit of a short end of the stick because of the positional uh, issues there. But look, he's got to be on this team. Absolutely has to be on this team. Uh, but let's move on to the pitchers. I think the all-star starter this year, I think it could be Justin Verlander. I think it could be Shane McClanahan. Those are my two, uh, first, the first two starters I'll mention. Verlander has a 2.03 ERA, 10 and 3. 0.83 whip, tied for first with Shane McClanahan, who I'll talk about in a second. But look, Verlander's going to win comeback player of the year no matter what happens for the rest of the year at this point. And he also might have a case to win Cy Young, too. Uh, he's had a great season. You can't say enough about him. Uh, the dude's just been great. It's just pretty simple. And he's led a very good Astros team that's driven a lot by good pitching and really a lot of hitting from the top end of their lineup. But the pitching has really helped him this year. And let's move on to another team that's been helped by pitching. As I said, he's tied with a .83 whip with Shane McClanahan for first. Uh, Shane McClanahan, a 1.77 ERA so far this year. And 8-3 uh, and three record, 123 strikeouts, which is first in the American League. Second in the, in the whole MLB, just down by one to the leader, who we'll get to later. Uh, I'm throwing in Alec Manoa. He has a 2.09 ERA, 9-2 record, 13 quality starts, which is the most in the league. While, while playing for Toronto, who definitely deserves multiple All-Stars based on how they've played. If you look at the overall balance, I really think that I put together a balanced roster. I think there are three or four Yankees on here. There are three or four Astros. There are three or four Blue Jays. There are two or three Rays. I think it's pretty accurate towards uh, the standings, but I'll keep moving on so that we can get to uh, one of those Yankees. Let's move on to another one. Nestor Cortez, 2.51 ERA, .99 whip. He's having a great season this year. He's proven that the little guy who doesn't throw very hard can be a great effective pitcher in the MLB even this year. So uh, he's got to get a nod for that, in my opinion. Then you have Martin Perez, who 2.22 ERA, 11 quality starts. I think he deserves it. He's a vet in the league. He's been here for a while, and this year has been by far his best year. And uh, I think he might continue in the second half. I don't honestly know, though. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't checked really those expected numbers and FIP, stuff like that, uh, to see if he's likely to keep it or not. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say he should be in the All-Star game. Uh, he has better ERA than the three guys I'm about to mention. Dylan Cease, Garrett Cole, and Framber Valdez. Let's go through all of them. Cease, 2.56 ERA, 129 strikeouts, which is second in the AL, uh, down by two to the leader, as I've talked about. But by the way, 13.4 strikeouts per nine innings which is just an absurd number. And if he had pitched, if he pitched a few more innings uh, per game, if he hadn't, I think he had a little bit of an injury for a little bit too to start the season. So if he hadn't been dealing with that stuff, he'd be the strikeouts leader in total. Uh, but let's move on to another guy who strikes out a lot of guys. Garrett Cole, who has 11, 111 strikeouts, I should say. Not 11, that would be pretty bad. Uh, third in the AL, fifth in the MLB, 11.4 strikeouts per nine innings, 2.99 ERA. Framber Valdez, who I already mentioned, 2.65 ERA, 8-3, 13 quality starts, tied for first with Alec Manoa. And let's move on to the bullpen, guys. I did eight starters, seven relievers, because that's what they had last year. I don't know if they have to stick to that or not. I don't know if that's a proven formula. I don't even know if it's 15 pitchers necessarily. But for now, I'm just going to go with what they did last year, and I'm going to end up with those numbers. 
Um, let's go to Clay Holmes. 36.2 innings pitched, a .49 ERA on the season with 14 saves. He has been insane, but he's not even the most insane. Let's move on to the lowest ERA. You think .49 is good. JP Fireisen for the Rays. 20.1 innings pitched, a zero ERA. Yes, there is a pitcher who has a zero, zero ERA so far this season. Um, he is the only pitcher with 20 innings plus or more that has, or plus or more, really, Patrick. 20 innings or more pitched so far that has a zero ERA. Um, and I think Clay Holmes is second in, on that list. So these are the two guys who have to be there. And by the way, that's three Yankees on this pitching staff. So got enough reps there with Aaron Judge to uh, fill up a team, regardless of if you're mad that I didn't give it to Glaber Torres or to Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, but I'll move on from that. Let's talk about Emmanuel Class A throwing 102 mile per hour cutters. Yes, that translates to good stats. 33.1 innings pitched, 1.35 ERA, 18 saves, which is I think leads the AL. It might be tied with Jordan Romano, but his ERA's kind of ballooned a little bit recently. Um, I'll move on from Class A to John Schreiber for Boston, who has been a revelation in the bullpen. 24.2 innings pitched, 0.73 ERA, uh, and 10.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Th- those are numbers you like to see. Um, especially out of a bullpen that maybe wasn't necessarily supposed to be great this year, just kind of an average one. And uh, they kind of found a hidden guy there. They found a hidden gem with uh, with Schreiber. Uh, but I'll move on from that. Jorge Lopez for the Orioles. I mean, this guy, if you want to talk about a story that hasn't been talked about enough, 37 innings pitched, a .73 ERA, 13 saves. Yes, the AL has four relievers under a one ERA. And the fourth one of those is Ryan Stanek, who has 26 innings pitched on the year, .69 ERA. Houston's bullpen has been insane. They have three or four guys that are in, I think, the top 10 in ERA. So I, I got to give it to somebody uh, in the bullpen, and I chose Ryan Stanek because he has the lowest ERA. Ryan Presley might make it because he's the closer, but a way higher ERA than Stanek and a pretty similar workload. Rafael Montero's been great this year, too. Uh, so they have a lot of guys who can make that argument, but uh, overall, I'm going to give it to Stanek. Um, and then finally, Yoan Duran, 35 innings pitched, 2.06 ERAs. Uh, e- Why do I keep saying ERAs? I don't know what that's about, but ERA <laughs> uh, and five saves on the year. He's actually not Minnesota's closer. That has been, uh, y- sorry, that has been Emilio Pagan. Uh, but I will say Yoan Duran is just, I mean, if you want to watch good closers, watch Minnesota and watch Cleveland. If you want to see 102 mile per hour cutters, that's Cleveland. If you want to see 100-mile-per-hour fastballs and 92-mile-per-hour splitters right off of that 100, that is uh, Yohan Duran on Minnesota. So uh, those guys in the AL Central, they know how to pitch. I'll leave it at that. And let's move on from the AL Central to the National League. I've taken longer than I thought, but the National League is honestly a little bit quicker. These races aren't as tight, especially when you have the whole Devers and Ramirez conversation. But let's start with Wilson Contreras. A point, uh, sorry, a 280 average, 13 home runs, 34 RBI, 916 OPS. The Cubs deserve, I mean, they don't deserve a rep, but I'll give them one. Give it to Wilson Contreras. He deserves it. Honorable mention, Will Smith, 258 average. I talked about being a stat cast darling. Uh, 12 home runs, 37 RBI, but he has an 802 OPS. So overall, similar RBI numbers to Contreras, less home runs. And, you know, he, he the Dodgers are going to have so many players at the All-Star game. He'll probably be a backup on the roster. I don't expect them having zero, uh, sorry, I don't expect them having one catcher. That'd be really weird. Um, But 
you know, maybe maybe he gets the hometown nod as a backup catcher, maybe not. But overall, I think he deserves an honorable mention. Travis Darno too, but uh, I think Will Smith just a cut above just because recently. But I think he just caught fire too late to even get the votes to be even in the second phase of voting, but he probably should have been there. Then let's move on to the NL MVP so far. Paul Goldschmidt, a 344 average, which is ridiculous for a guy who's not really a speedster. Uh, 19 home runs, 65 RBI, a 1.057 OPS, which is first in the NL, only second to Jordan Alvarez in the whole league. 4.2 war, second in the NL to his teammate, Tommy Edmond. Uh, and then look, first base is stacked. CJ Crone and Josh Bell and Pete Alonso, I think, all have OPSs above 900 this season. Uh, Pete Alonso obviously up there in home run leaders, and I didn't even mention Freddie Freeman. All of these guys would be the starter in the AL at first base, but unfortunately, I guess too bad you're playing behind Paul Goldschmidt. They should put all of those guys on the roster, though, honestly. They're all having all-star caliber years. I forget if the MLB has a rule that everybody has to have one player. If they do, maybe Josh Bell gets that representation for the Nationals. Maybe it's Juan Soto, but Josh Bell wouldn't be a bad rep at all. Uh, but I'll move on to second base. Here's the Marlins rep, Jazz Chisholm. Jr., 254 average, 14 home runs, 45 RBI, 12 stolen bases as well. Maybe on pace for a 30-30 season, it might happen. Uh, 860 OPS, 2.4 war. And I will say, the honorable mention here is Tommy Edmond. Despite hitting only 268 with a 738 OPS, he is the MLB leader in war behind having 19 stolen bases. That's the major league. Actually, that's second in the major leagues to Jazz's teammate, John Birdie. Um, but also 2.0 defensive war Tommy Edmond has at second base. So uh, that helps his overall numbers. But uh, I, this is why I say war can't be the end-all be-all, although a lot of uh, a lot of guys who are, you know, sabermetric uh, wizards will say that Edmond has to be the second baseman that goes to the All-Star game. I also think Jess Chisholm, first of all, he also has a, uh, a baggage, an ad at the baggage claim at LAX. So I think... I think they've been hinting at that for a while, and I think everybody's in agreement that he probably should be the one to go there. He's also, you know, he's a flashy guy. You want him, you want a type, you want a guy like him at the All-Star game. Uh, but I'll move on from that. Talk about Manny Machado, a guy who's been absolutely carrying his team so far. Uh, 327 average, which is second in the NL. 12 home runs, 46 RBI, 943 OPS, 3.9 more, which is third in the NL, and even has seven stolen bases to lead the Padres. Despite his recent injury... He has carried the Padres to where they are this season. They would be nowhere without him. Uh, and, you know, I think he still deserves the nod here as the Cardinals already have their their guy. Uh, and that guy is Nolan Aaron. Uh, sorry, that guy is Paul Goldschmidt, as we said. But if you want to talk about the guy that I think might might feel a little snubbed by not being here, that would be Nolan Arenado, who has a 288 average, 15 home runs, 52 RBI, 827 OPS, 3.5 war. And also Austin Riley might feel like he's uh, getting a little bit jobbed here. 260 average, 19 home runs, 46 RBI, 844 OPS. Uh, and look, Austin Riley is a guy who's just barely going to miss out on the All-Star game, I think. And may maybe he'll end up on the bench, but who knows. Um, I think Dansby Swanson's just going to miss out too, which is really leaving the Braves kind of hung out to dry when it comes to All-Stars, even though they're the defending champions. Uh, but I think that Trey Turner is, has the spot for shortstop. A 305 average, 11 home runs, 56 RBI, which is tied for Lindor, uh, tied with Lindor for third in the NL, uh, an 838 OPS and 15 stolen bases, which is third in the NL. And Dansby is really, really close to this. Uh, 300 average, 14 home runs, 46 RBI, 865 OPS, 11 stolen bases, 
So Trey has the advantage in RBI in average, barely. Uh, and then Swanson has the advantage in home runs and OPS. And Swanson had a really ridiculous month of June that kind of keyed the Braves to their winning streak uh, to get to where they are today. But the Dodgers are still a better team overall than the Braves and have a better record. So I believe that regardless of the Braves being the defending champions, they'll get they'll get some guys in for sure. They might even get an extra guy on the pitching staff out of uh, just out of the recognition for the champs. Um, but they, they, I, I definitely think that they need to, uh, I think Trey Turner deserves this spot, honestly. And also because it's a hometown bias, I think, why not? Honestly, it's not even just me being Dodgers bias. Get more LA guys in. I mean, look, best record in the NL, maybe best record in the NL entering the All-Star break when it's all said and done. They have to have the most All-Stars in the game because of the fact that not only are they at home, but they have the best record in the NL. It wouldn't really make any sense for anybody else to have the most players there. Uh, so Trey Turner gets that nod for me. And then obviously you have to go with Mookie Betts as an outfielder. Uh, 273 average, 17 home runs, which is t still tied for sixth in the NL despite him not playing since June 15th. Uh, 40 RBI, 884 OPS, 2.8 war, which is regardless of his hitting stats, his amazing defense in the game being in LA, plus LA struggles without him, uh, make this pretty much automatic to me. He missed out on being the automatic rep by I think 23,000 votes or something. Uh, and, you know, Trey Turner and Danzy Swanson is a close race by stats and by votes. And I think it's more than, I think it's somewhere in the 50 to 100,000 vote uh, differential range. So look, these are tight races, but I think Trey Turner and Mookie Betts definitely deserve to represent the Dodgers here. I also think they're going to be the only Dodgers hitters there. Uh, so, you know, that's only two hitters. Going to probably get more guys from the pitching staff, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but Ronald Acuna is the guy who edged out Mookie Betts for that uh, automatic spot. A 288 average, seven home runs, 18 RBI, 848, sorry, 848 OPS, 13 stolen bases, but only in 44 games, which even through Mookie's injury, he still played 16 more games than uh, Acuna did. And honestly, I might not have had him here because of the fact that he missed games, but now we know he's starting, so I can't really go against it anyway. And then we're going to go with a former Brave here. How about that? You know what? That's the reason why the Braves won't have that many guys their guy is, one of their all-stars is not on the team anymore. It's Jock Peterson. A 276 average, 17 home runs, 39 RBI, 934 OPS. Even though he's technically not a qualified hitter, I believe, um, or maybe he is, but he's, or maybe he's, I think he's just below it, just based on the amount of games played and kind of minimal at-bats for him since they're not necessarily platooning him, but when they're healthier, Jock has not played that much against lefties. I think... He has been the only consistent guy on the Giants this year, and they have to have somebody at the All-Star break because there's still many, many games above 500, and they're still a good enough team that they need guys that will be representing uh, them at the All-Star break. I don't know who else it could be. Maybe some guys from the bullpen, uh, but overall, for sure, you got to go with Jock Peterson here. Uh, for honorable mentions, I'll go with Kyle Schwarber. He has an 851 OPS, but his fielding is not great, and his average is so low that I, I don't really see how he might get in. 23 home runs, which is first in the NL, and 51 RBI. In uh, the Phillies, don't have a rep, as I've discussed yet, but they will have one in a second and some more later. Um, so that would also be a reason to vote him in. And then you have Juan Soto, who, as I said, either him or Josh Bell would be the Nationals rep. Uh, 8.16 OPS, 14 home runs, 32 RBI, 2.1 war, but not his best season, but he was basically this good at the start of last season, and I don't, I feel like I don't remember him in the game. I think he was in the home run derby, but not the game itself. Um, but, you know, he went on to be probably deserving of winning the MVP, so uh, he can still pick it up by the end of the season. 
Uh, let's move on to the Emma, to actually the MVP from last season, Bryce Harper, 318 average, 15 home runs, 48 RBI, 985 OPS, the representative for the Phillies as far as I'm concerned. Uh, very, very obvious, although he did break his thumb, and I think he's out six to eight weeks, so he'll get voted in, but he won't actually play. Uh, he does. I don't know if they do that in the MLB where they will still put you on the roster and give you the recognition, but you don't play, but if that's a thing, he deserves it. Uh, and if not, William Contreras, 264 average, nine home runs, 19 RBI, 887 OPS, better than his teammates' numbers. His teammate that I'm talking about is Ronald Acuna. Yes, this is the brother of Wilson Contreras, by the way, uh, but he DHs for the Braves, not plays catcher for the Cubs. And it's interesting because he actually has better numbers than Acuna in less games, um, but he wasn't called up quick enough to be in the conversation with a guy the likes of Bryce Harper. I mean, he's still Bryce has the advantage here by... A lot, but uh, Contreras, pretty similar to Acuna, just kind of missing there because of the uh, not just not being there as early in the season. But let's move on to the pitchers. I'll tell you who's a guy who's been there all season. Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins, 115.1 innings pitched, which is the most in the MLB by 12. He has a 1.95 ERA in those 115 innings and a .95 whip. Then you got Tony Gonsolin, who has the best record, I believe, so far in the league at 9-0. Uh, 1.58 ERA and .84 whip, which are both the first in the NL, although I think he's barely below qualification. But I think if he has a strong start actually tonight so far, he's had a pretty long start. He's already gone seven innings in the Dodgers' current game against the Padres. So if he is able to make an eight, maybe eight innings or even probably seven might be enough for him to get into qualification it's weird. You'll see him on the boards in the middle of the week. Uh, and then all of a sudden, when it's a few days after his starts, he's not a qualified pitcher anymore. But that's the nature of baseball nowadays. A lot of starters don't end up qualified. And uh, he had a weird role that was kind of lesser in terms of innings pitched to start the season. So uh, it won't be a surprise to see him there by the end of the season. Just so far hasn't pitched enough. But I think he still deserves the nod here for sure, especially with it being in L.A. He might even start the game just because of the fact that it's in L.A., uh, and then I'll move on to Joe Musgrove, a 2.25 ERA, third in the NL, 0.95 whip, which is third in the NL. He's had two bad starts recently. I mean, I wouldn't say his, well, I wouldn't say his most recent start was bad, but he's had two iffy starts recently, one bad one, one definitely bad start. Um, and that's the reason why he's kind of dropped down this leaderboard a little bit, but he still deserves to be an all-star. Uh, then you got Corbin Burns, the reigning Cy Young winner. A 2.36 ERA, 124 strikeouts, which is first in the NL, 11.2 strikeouts per nine innings. I'm giving the Cardinals an extra rep in Miles Michaelis, 2.61 ERA, .99 whip. Other than Arenado and Goldschmidt, this team really has been carried by their pitching, so uh, they're going to get one rep in the starting lineup for me, or sorry, in, in terms of starting pitchers for me, and also an extra rep when it comes to uh, the bullpen that we'll talk about in a second. But let's move on to Carlos Rodon, who has a 2.62 ERA in the season. 105 strikeouts, 11.0 strikeouts per nine innings. Then you have Max Fried. Here's another Braves rep, 2.66 ERA, 8-2, 1.03 whip. And also, he's not, spoiler alert, he won't be on this list, but I I think maybe an extra nod that you could give would be A.J. Minter uh, for the Braves. If you want to give them an extra guy, that would definitely be something that I wouldn't argue at all. He was kind of the odd man out in terms of me putting together this roster. Uh, but I'll move on from that and go to Zach Wheeler, who has a 2.9 ERA, sorry, 2.89 ERA on the season, 94 strikeouts, 10.4 strikeouts per nine innings. And then you go to the bullpen, 
You have Josh Hader, who has a 24, who has 24 saves in 24.2 innings pitched, 94 strike, or sorry, 1.09 ERA. So uh, he's just been great. Um, then you have Ryan Helsley, who I'm going to put in from the Cardinals, 30.2 innings pitched with an with a 0.88 ERA. He's been great this season. I'm going to give a nod to Edwin Diaz, uh, 30.1 innings pitched, 2.08 ERA, 16 saves. Definitely doesn't have. I mean, I, I feel like he's kind of in the Kenley Jansen kind of a conversation where his reputation would make you think that this guy has like a four ERA as a closer, but he's really, really good. Um, but he's been a great for the Mets. The Mets deserve reps. They're, uh, you know, as I said, they're right behind the Dodgers and, you know, they might not have a bunch of starters, but they definitely deserve their, their strength comes from their depth. Uh, and maybe some pitchers that they had to start the year, but don't have any more, obviously that being Max Scherzer mainly. Uh, but that's who you hope to see. And, uh, I think Edwin Diaz deserves the nod here for the bullpen. And then also I'm going to give it to Sir Anthony Dominguez, another Phillies rep. 27.2 innings pitched, a 1.63 ERA. He's been a revelation. He's kind of similar to John Schreiber for Boston in that a bullpen that's supposed to be average, if not below average, especially when you're talking about the Phillies. But he's come out and played well this year. Uh, and then you have Tyler Kinley. Speaking of revelations, 24 innings pitched, a .75 ERA as a Colorado Rocky. That ERA at cores is ridiculous. I mean, this guy could pro- could probably pitch the same for the rest of the year and end up with like a two or a three ERA very easily just because of where he pitches. Uh, but I'll move on from that. Let's go to David Robertson, who might be a prominent name at the trade deadline, uh, seeing as how he's a Cub. 29 innings pitched, a 1.86 ERA for the Cubs. He's been good for them this season. Uh, basically kind of moved in their closing role. And finally, the guy who leads the MLB in saves, Taylor Rogers, the final Padres nominee. Uh, 31.2 innings pitched, a 2.84 ERA, and 22 saves. Uh, and that'll wrap it up. That will be the end of those rosters. Uh, it wraps up the ne- this edition of the 4th and 24 podcast. Please be sure to join us uh, for our next podcast, which will be Monday, July 4th, where we will discuss my predictions for this weekend's games uh, and have our weekly deep dive into the MLB. And maybe if the dam breaks in terms of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, et cetera, et cetera, we've already seen Rudy Gobert dealt, uh, maybe some recap of free agency stuff, but I might just do that in a special podcast next Friday to uh, really talk about all that stuff in depth uh, and maybe even do, maybe even talk about it twice, but we'll see. Um, in the meantime, please be sure to check out my additional content, including my picks for the games this weekend in the MLB. Uh, which obviously came out yesterday, and also my power rankings that will be updated uh, on Tuesday in the MLB, and maybe an MVP or a Cy Young leaderboard update sometime this weekend. I'm thinking about doing that, but uh, to be determined, to be determined. Uh, Maybe it will happen. Uh, Definitely something that will happen in the next week or two, but we'll see. Uh, And that'll be it. That will all be on our website, obviously. 4thand24.com. That's the number four, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.